Hi, my name's John Larson. Tonight, I have a special message for you. Um, I've been working in communities of people who have been leaving the Mormon church for over 10 years now. And I personally lost my faith about 10 years ago. But I don't really want to talk about that too much tonight. I'm not here to change your opinion about Mormonism or to attack Mormonism or try to convince you to do anything. I just want to have a little bit of a conversation between you and me intimately and to try to help you understand what's going on from my perspective. My goal, especially in the last few years, has been to try to help as many people as I can in the transition from one point of view to another point of view. Because what I've discovered is that it's, it's very difficult to leave one's religion. And it's difficult in a lot of ways that we're just simply not equipped to deal with. We've not had any experience like this in our life, and we all make a lot of mistakes. Um, leaving the church is not an easy thing to do. And there are a lot of people who are very flippant about these things. There are a lot of people who can be downright abusive when it comes to leaving the church on both sides. There are many people who decide that the faith is not for them and they become aggressive and they become bombastic and they become um, sort of in your face about it. They want you to know that they think that you're wrong. And this is something that none of us want to hear. Um, but for many, it is a heartfelt and thoughtful process and not a decision that a lot of people take lightly. Um, as you and I know, Mormonism has had a long history of Jack Mormons and people who just sort of leave for all sorts of terrible reasons. Um, sometimes they're just lazy. Sometimes they uh, want to do things that they shouldn't do or whatever. Just like anything in life, there are a lot of people who do things for not good reasons. But I want to talk more about the people who leave as a choice of conscience. It's been my experience in dealing with literally thousands of these people that a lot of people who leave the church are in pain when they leave the church. They're oftentimes hurting in a big way. And that's because our faith, our Mormon faith, really established our identity and the place that we were in this universe. It defined us from the time we were born. When we were young, we became baptized at eight. We grew up hoping to get married in the temple, to go on a mission, to raise families, and eventually take those families into the celestial kingdom. It was something that defined all the aspects of how we interact with the world, what we eat, what we drink, who we associate with, what we're going to be doing for all eternity. And it defined how our families were structured, all of our brothers and our sisters and our parents and our aunts and uncles. If we were fortunate enough to have all of our family in the church together, that Mormon identity defined all of that. When somebody loses their faith in Mormonism, for whatever reasons, all of these relationships become impacted. And they don't just become impacted by the person who leaves the church. That act has ramifications and waves that echo through multiple lives and even multiple generations in ways that we all understand because of how we were raised in the faith. That can be very painful, even if somebody is in full conviction that what they're doing is right. But I mean, let's be honest. The church is about many, many, many things. Some of them are confusing. Some of them are not very well known. We have elements of the doctrine that are very straightforward and very clear. 
Like, for example, you should abstain from um, drinking alcohol. That's very clear. But there are other elements that aren't so clear. And there are really a lot of these. And anybody who leaves the church or stays in the church is not going to be 100% clear on all of these issues because it is so complicated. And this fact in and of itself can lead and contribute to that confusion and pain that people are feeling, even though they may have decided that the church is not for them. For a lot of people, this is in different stages, almost like a divorce. Some people just cleanly divorce and move across the country and never see each other again. Some people will separate for a while. Some people will go to counseling. Others will not. The same sort of thing happens for individuals as they're struggling with their faith. I once read that in a divorce, there's, always, there's usually one person who's surprised and one person who's not, because one person at least has been thinking about it for a long time. And oftentimes when a loved one decides to leave the church, it seems surprising. How can somebody all of a sudden decide to leave the church? Just last week, they were doing their callings. We talked a week ago, uh, two weeks ago, they were going to the temple or whatever they were doing. But oftentimes the decision to leave the church can be a pinnacle of a lot of years of thoughtful consideration and trying to decide what's right for them and their family. What unfortunately happens in my experience, is that when it comes time to leave the church, there's a lot of confusion about what's next. There are very few support networks out there to help people in that transition. And the transition is seen as something like um, being a quitter or being a deserter, leaving your family and friend behind. And this can cause a lot of pain that comes out in unhealthy ways on the part of the person who leaves. They're oftentimes filled with a sense of being betrayed, or being the victim of a fraud. And even though all the actions they did in the church might have been out of love, and it might have been something that they themselves participated in, they're sometimes left with a lot of confusion about their place in the world and their place with their family and in the church. And this tends to come out in anger and in emails or texts or or destroying the family reunion by talking about things that nobody really wants to talk about. And let's face it, our society, our culture, does not have a really great way to dialogue about these things. There's not a really great way to tell your mother that you disagree with her faith without it sounding crass and offensive. And sometimes for the people who are leaving, these thoughts and feelings are so complicated, they don't really have good words for them. And it will come out sort of bumbly and confusing and which contributes to the problem. Because of that strong sense of Mormon identity, oftentimes those who leave the church struggle to find a new identity. And this phase, in my experience, oftentimes lasts between six months and two or three years where somebody is trying to figure out who they are and what they stand for. Usually this is a short-lived um, experimentation phase that, in fact, most human beings go through at some time in their life. But in the Mormon church, we've contextualized this as a very negative thing. And let's be clear, it can be negative. There are those who drink alcohol, become alcoholics. But that's not the general experience. There are many common stereotypes about people who leave the church, just as there are many common stereotypes of people who stay in the church. Most of them are wrong. People believe all sorts of things about Mormons that are not true. They believe Mormons are provincial. They believe Mormons are backwards. And some people believe Mormons are Amish. All these things are not right, at least not in my experience. 
It's very few people that I've met in my life who are part of the LDS faith who are that backwards. They're usually very thoughtful, very considerate people who want to contribute to the world. They understand what's around them. Just the same way, there are a lot of stereotypes about people who leave the church. The two most common stereotypes are that people leave the church because they were offended or because they wanted to sin. While it's true, probably most of us have been offended at one time or the other in our life. I think it's not very common for that to motivate such a serious decision in people's lives. And what's unfortunate is because none of us are really well trained on how to deal with somebody, deal with somebody who leaves the church, we do tend to say offensive things on both sides. So it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. As to sin, this is a tricky issue because you and I both know that there are a lot of people who commit sin all the time including all of us. So it becomes an easy stereotype to look for the faults in people who've decided to leave the church and say that they were sinful or they were wrong or that they chose something wrong because we all do that. The problem with these stereotypes is they can be alienating and hurtful. When we automatically assume that people who leave the church do it for the worst reasons, we paint them into a corner and then we make them feel alienated and isolated. And we make them lash out. And sometimes we push them in ways that become self-fulfilling. And they do become offended. And they do look for new communities. They might, they might choose to follow activities like drugs or alcohol in ways that negatively impact their lives. So what are we to do about it? Why am I talking to you now? How can you help? I think the first thing we all need to realize, those of us who have left the church and those of us who are still in the church, the leaving the church is a very difficult process and there's no roadmap that everybody is going to make mistakes. Just like in life, just like in a marriage. People tell you how to get married. They tell you to do the proposals and bring the flowers and to go through the ceremony. But after that, everything gets a little bit foggy and it's not very clear. We have a whole structure of marriage counselors and books and self-help sections on this, but there's no self-help section at your local bookstore on how to leave the church or how to deal with a faith transition or even for how to deal with people who join the church because these things happen on both sides. So I th what I would like to invite everybody is to first of all, be a little bit patient with everybody ar around them. I think we all can learn to listen and to be a listener and by the difference, I mean, we all listen all the time, but most of the time when we listen to somebody else, we're formulating what we're going to say to them. We're crafting our response. And active listening is more about just shutting that down and trying to understand where people are coming from, knowing that the person who's talking to you may not understand where they're coming from themselves. And this goes on both sides. I think it's fair to be able to ask your loved one who chose to leave the church to listen to you also. That being said, what we need to do is abandon the idea of trying to convert one another. Let's face it, conversion does not work very well. And when it does happen, it happens from an internal state, either for somebody who's being converted to the church or being converted away from the church. We can be there to support and help people, but we can't make that process happen. So we just have to listen. And the purpose of listening is to reestablish and understand these relationships. The next thing I would ask is that we don't shut people out of our lives. When somebody changes their faith orientation, especially in a very strong, very family-oriented church like the Mormon church, 
all of these relationships have to be reset. And this is a very difficult process to do on everybody's side. I would say be as welcoming as you can. Be as forgiving as you can. Let as many slights and offenses go by as you can. Because we're all offensive people when it comes down to it. We are all full of opinions that probably we shouldn't have. Related to that, I would say share your feelings, honestly and heartfelt, but don't try to change people. It's okay to tell your son or your daughter or your wife or your father or whoever else what you feel and how things are making you feel. But you don't want to use that as a weapon. You don't want to use that to try to force them to do anything. I would say this especially goes for those of you who are still in the church, who have relatives or friends who have left, establish good boundaries. It's okay to say, I don't want to talk about religion or these things are sacred to me and I would prefer not to address them. It's okay to say, I don't want to talk about the temple or I don't want to read those books. That's perfectly fine. But what you don't want to do is establish that boundary of that person. You don't want to say, you're an apostate. I don't want you in my life. Or you're my neighbor, and you're, since your children no longer go to church, I don't want your children playing with my children. These things are hurtful, and they cause the division to happen. Um, it's okay for you to not have a coffee maker. That's fine. But it's not okay to go into somebody else's, else's house and tell them they can't have a coffee maker. And that's the kind of boundaries that we need to set and understand. And the last thing I would offer is to try to understand that nobody is trying to hurt anybody else. When these decisions are made, they're usually made very heartfelt and from a very sincere place. And it's not about you. It's about an internal state of faith, an internal state of belief. As Mormons, we believe that everybody has the gift of the Holy Ghost the light of Christ. As Mormons, we believe that everybody has the light of Christ and that those who have been baptized get the gift of the Holy Ghost, which gives us special knowledge. And we're taught to rely on our feelings to try to discern truth from falsehood. Well, for many people who've left the church, they've relied on those same feelings to come to different conclusions. And while you may not agree with those decisions, you have to acknowledge their process and honor that process. And rather than say, well, your thoughts and feelings and communication with the, whatever power may be with God are wrong and mine are right, that sort of dialogue is not going to get anywhere. But it's okay to say, I feel differently. And that's okay. I, there is a growing um, faith crisis in the West. More and more people are leaving religion. This isn't just in Mormonism. This is all across the board. And a lot of these people are looking for something else and something new. And there are a lot of people, just as there always been, who make poor choices. And I think we all have a right and responsibility to help build a good ecumenical and um, tolerant society in which people are free to practice their own religion and be strong in their own religious principles, but deal with, in a loving and kind way, those who have chosen another path. And... I'm assuming if you're listening to this, that that's where you're at. And I invite you to, um, to help me do that. Help us bridge the gap between those who have left the church for whatever reason and those who choose to stay in for whatever reason. And 
to hold on to those ties, those friendships, those family members that um, you don't want to lose. Because I believe from a religious perspective or from a secular perspective, every soul, every person is a value, and that's what we need to honor. Thanks for listening to me. Expression is a production of the Whitefields Educational Foundation. Visit us online at whitefieldseducational.org to find more about our current initiatives. Mormon Expression is recorded live in downtown Salt Lake on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're in the area, please come join us in the studio. 